It's Thursday, and it's very early. It's very early. And welcome back to Don't Make Us Use Our Teacher Voice with Alex and Sam. And we're Alex and Sam. It's us. Today. We think. <laughs> so, it's getting towards the end of the school year, and... Is anyone else like, thank goodness? Yeah. I think teachers everywhere can pretty much right now agree that we're done with everything this year. It's been more exhausting, and the word teacher tired no longer has meaning. No. There was a thing last summer. It was like hot girl summer. And then I saw like two weeks into us like actually going back to school, it was tired teacher fall. And all I could think of was, my dudes, actually it's still summer. <laughs> if we're all going to be a bunch of academics, we're still in the summer. So you've just pushed tired teacher fall into summer. So we are no longer hot girl summer. We are just tired. We are tired, sad girls. <laughs> sad girls. Tired, sad girls that go to bed at 6 p.m. even though it's still daylight out. Look, if I thought I could get my toddler to go to bed at 6 p.m., I 100% would be. I put myself to bed at 6 p.m. last night. He does not agree. All right, so on deck today, we've got a couple of things that are happening in the news and then a couple of, like, anecdotal things like usual. I want to start off with something I saw on the news this week where there's a school called Grace Church up in Brooklyn. It's a private school where there's all this scandal going on because a teacher is being removed of his duties, whether it's voluntarily or being forced out, because he spoke out against the curriculum being taught. This kind of ties into our last episode about being culturally aware and being altering curriculum. But apparently he believed that the curriculum was demonizing white children. The way that it was written was to make all white children seem like horrible, slave-owning demons. And he spoke out about it, and then he caught a lot of flack for bringing it up for being a whistleblower until they leaked a recording of him talking to the headmaster, and the headmaster is confirming, yes, that's exactly what we're doing. And if you guys, I don't have the sound. Record clip everything. Yeah. Record everything. Absolutely. And if you guys, I don't have the sound clip with me. Uh, I tried to Google it, but I think the news outlets are kind of keeping them under wraps. And I honestly don't want all of the this outlet, that outlet drama. So don't come for us. We're still trying to teach next year. Absolutely. We are still trying to teach next year. But I think it's really fascinating that, that these things are being put into place and we're going from one extreme to the other. But I've also never worked in a parochial school setting. So that's more your wheelhouse and I was like, mm. Sam just arrow handed me. I did arrow hand you. I also, in case anybody cares, uh, managed to stress fracture my foot yesterday or sometime in the last two weeks. And so <laughs> I am on the struggle bus today where my brain is not functioning completely. But. Well, I'm super foggy and I'm just trying to see an allergist sometime today so I don't die. Death of allergies. Death of allergies. So that kind of came out, and it was a very adventure. Wait, so ask me your question again. So how you get to make changes to curriculum when you work in parochial schools, when you work in religious-based private facilities. For sure. Where do you think the line should get drawn about being politically engaged in curriculum forming in public schools, but also in the private sector? Because ideally, the private sector, they all hold benefit of sending your kid to a private school is that you can have them learn whatever you want and they can learn the way that you want them to learn whether it's as a catholic or um, as another form of religious studies or focusing on humanitarian studies i saw i feel like i saw a tv show once where they were like super 1960s free love and peace and everybody does things you mean we don't look at florida folks. maybe 
Yeah, that's one hundred percent what you just described. <laughs> so I did work at a private school, and I taught there for a year. And let me just tell you, I love to be creative, and um, uh, I don't know how to say this without like absolutely shooting myself in the foot and also this school in the foot but they let a very inexperienced but excited 21 year old write all of their language arts curriculum if you know anything about language arts you really can teach whatever you want within the context of uh writing sentences mm -hmm. so i know that i keep making these noises but i don't want to um say something that i'm going to regret even though we could edit it out but i <laughs> But I like the stuff that we normally say, so I'm just trying to choose my words very carefully. That's true. I have a psych degree from undergrad, which is fun, but super unuseful. Um, so when I taught social studies, we did Bridge Terabithia, which slaps. And I hate that I just used that phrase, but it really does. It really it's does. so until, good. Until, until they start to panic. <laughs> I know. If you've never read Bridge to Terabithia, you're listening to this podcast, stop right now. We'll still be here. Go read it. Amazing. Don't watch the movie yet. Read the book, you know? Um, I used to teach Call of the Wild. I was actually talking about this with one of our peers the other day, that Call of the Wild was the book I used to teach for sure every year when I taught reading. And it was always hellacious because I taught in an all-girls school, and girls, more than boys most of the time, in my experience, have been more attached to fictional animals. Um, they and there's always, a lot of animal violence and death in that book. And there was so many horrified faces. I could have given them Game of Thrones and they would not have been phased. But let me tell you, when Buck went after that first dog, they were Kill an out. animal and it were done. They were out. So, um, so that being said, I was observed during Rich Terabithia, and we talk about the grief cycle because one, I had no idea what I was doing and I was just literally teaching anyone anything. And let me just tell you, the only reason I was not highly effective that year is because I did not incorporate Jesus or something religious into my lesson. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, but you said all this was so good and you were like so amazed and you were so impressed how I incorporated everything. It was so thematic and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't incorporate Jesus. Listen, and I love Jesus. like my dog but that was like the thing that was the only not high effective rating i've ever gotten ever in my life it's because i did not incorporate jesus into this so it's just like mm, okay whatever sure jesus is still my best friend um and he was here even if you were not here for all the good stuff so bleh. but it really did bother me because it is so subjective what you can teach and so yes this school might be doing that and demonizing um white kids but it's really up to them and they can do whatever they want and the thing that is very tough i think is there is so <clears throat> oh, here i go picking my words again there is not as much structure or accountability which i don't think that we need as much as public schools have because i think that is micromanaging um which is a whole nother issue that i have with education but also um it is very weird to have your child come home and say oh this is what i learned about in your life now what in tarnation are you doing learning about this in sixth grade Catholic school? And that is a very hard thing. And a lot of times, I know in my experience, I don't know what I'm gonna teach in August. I have no idea. I don't really know, actually I do know what I'm teaching tomorrow, but really it's just like, hmm, whatever the spirit leads me to. And you know what? It doesn't work like that for everyone, but that is really my sweet spot in education because 
I, I, I think best like that. Um, but it's very weird to know that you don't know what your kids are learning unless you are in that classroom, you are getting page by page, you are understanding explicitly what's going on. I mean, even in public school, you don't really know what your kids are learning unless you are that engaged parent. Yep. But in public school, you do have checks and balances like being micromanaged by the district. Mm, that. So speaking of districts, the other thing I wanted to talk about is there was news that came out of Louisiana that an entire school district called what they're calling a sick out. Every teacher in the district at all levels called out sick on the same day in a form of protest against the district stating that they were going to shorten the summer and start school significantly earlier. That is the way to make people riot. So I saw responses to this where they were like, can we, can we do this across the board? Can we across the board as a nation of teachers just decide that we're all going to call out sick one day in protest of the fact that they won't pay us what we deserve or that they micromanage or that they don't actually care about our students' knowledge base, just that they can pass a test? What do you mean, Sam? No! So I thought it was fascinating. I think it was a great example to their students about utilizing their First Amendment rights to, to you know, assemble in the protest. And especially in a time where it's been very tumultuous and, and the idea of what a protest is and isn't yes. kind of gets lost in the media somewhere. I was like, wow, these teachers really just showed up and they were like, mm, not doing it today. Everybody call out. And the faith you have to have in your peers that everyone's going to follow through with this agreement. Yeah. I don't think I have it. I'm going to be honest. I think if our district said everyone's going to call out tomorrow, we're going to boycott going to school until they listen to our demands and we're just not going to show up. I don't, I don't I don't know that I would trust my peers not to show up. I wholeheartedly do not think so. And I I kind of think about this a lot in my hallway cuz Sam and I are not on the same hallway. I am I am not a rebel by any stretch of the imagination. I love a rule. That's my role. I'm the rebel. Yeah. And like really sometimes Sam will say stuff and I'm like I wish, I wish my brain could even process that and I want to do that because anarchy is fun. But in my hallway, I am the rebel and like, I will say things that I'm like, this is wrong. We should do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh no, I, um, I want to keep my job next year. And I'm like, dudes, <laughs> why? <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> why do you want to keep sucking next year too? But it, there is so much concern and there's so much fear and I don't want to call it fear-mongering, but it kind of is. It honestly really is. And I think part of that is that I was trying to explain this to my husband, that teachers are transients, basically. We're contract yeah. workers. We don't have – we are career workers in the sense that we have chosen a profession that we can serve in for our entire life and we can retire from. But in all reality, we're transients. We box ourselves up every year and move from one place to another, whether it's within the same school. Because frequently, they don't allow you to keep your same classroom. They move you from one classroom to another – Probably so people don't become hoarders like me. Right. But I just keep moving. Same. I'm also a hoarder and I just keep moving my crap from place to place. But, you know, or you move from school to school and you're never really sure. So we're in that mode right now where a lot of the teachers on staff aren't really sure what it's going to look like in August, where they're going to be, what their commute is going to be, look, what they're actually, what subject they're teaching or what class they're teaching. I myself am, am certified in quite a few subjects. And I am not entirely sure what subject I'm even teaching next year, whether it's still in the social sciences and history or I'm going to be teaching language arts and, and literature and English. So I think that there's a lot of the power hoarding going on with the district heads and the state heads saying you have to do this or else 
you don't have the potential for a position next year or if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing we're gonna send off you're gonna get marked off on your rating or your reviews and it's gonna impact your higher ability at another facility yeah I think that it is this power that they want to pretend does not exist and they want to say oh no we're partnering with you we're locking arms with you we're on linking not locking um we are all on the same team but really i mean if you're in the classroom and you have an administration that is actively working with you and you are on the same level then please let me know what school you're at because i want to work there same but every school i've worked at it is this like false narrative of we're on the same team because really we're not. That toxic family culture. Yes, yes. toxic family culture. Yes, and I'm not to say that's not to say that all people in, in every admin in every school is against their teachers. I think there's a disconnect generally that the team of administrators generally are not all on the same page. Yes, and depending on who's on what page is where things kind of fall through the cracks. And I think consistency and accountability are things that we are losing in our society, especially present in education, where they say one thing. And they institute policies or procedures or ideas, plans, and then, you know, five minutes later, we've forgotten what we just discussed, and there's no recourse for these plans not being brought to fruition and not being handled. And whatever happened to last year when everyone was praising teachers and saying, like, we couldn't do this without teachers, we couldn't do this, we couldn't survive without teachers, and now teachers are at the bottom of the barrel again. Yeah. So, on that note, I, I kind of want to discuss something anecdotal. Let's talk about those policies and procedures uh, that go on in the school system that sound great but are super overrated or don't sound great and end up being way overrated, like before and after school staff meetings that could have been an email or... I got one. I got one. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> so we're supposed to have binders of lesson plans on our desks for the subs that might show up. Our school never gets subs. Yeah, and then actually the funny part is, is I actually, okay, here's a random little tidbit. I actually accidentally went viral on TikTok, ranting about people in the workplace. And it, the question was, what's an adult problem that no one ever prepared you for? And the answer Mine is, is making dinner. Mine is, um, I have to make dinner every day. And something different. Yeah. So mine was that no one tells you that other adults are not going to match your work ethic, that everyone doesn't have the same work ethic. And everyone came for me in the comments about school projects, group projects prepared you for this. Let me just say this very publicly because they apparently did not read my comment. I was excused from group projects. I do not play well with others. That has not changed my entire life. I am not a group person. I am a very independent, very on my own human being. I do have OCD among other arrays of things. And so I advocated for my want and need to show off my academic prowess to my teachers. And as a gifted student, I was given the opportunity to do that. So I did not, after elementary school, did not have group projects. I just did them by myself. See, that's so fantastic because even when I was getting my master's, we had group projects. And we would joke about it and I, we'd all be like, oh, he, he, he. But also, a master's degree. <laughs> Me and my group projects and my master's degree. My master's degree did not involve group projects at all. It was very independent. So again, like I've never had that, that issue. So then I come into a workplace and then I get very easily frustrated because I'm an efficient worker. I work smarter, not harder. I'm all about being prepared and scheduled and time management and giving the best quality all the time. And other people don't match that energy all the time. And so I like ranted about it on TikTok and apparently it was super relatable. 
And after that point, I made one about my teacher besties all being absent on the same day. And any other teacher will be able to tell you that like without your tribe that you really click with at school, school is miserable as a teacher because you're on an island full of small hormonal human beings. And I'm in a whole other building. You I know. guys all have friends all together and I'm in another building with some dudes, the dudes that I love, but still it's just a bunch of dudes and not my peeps. True. And so I ranted about the fact that they were at that day, there were 15 teachers out and 11 of them had no subs. And everyone's like, well, if the, t if the state would pay subs higher, more subs would show up. Our, our state, I don't know about the state, but our district will actually pay $18.50 an hour to a high school graduate for someone to come substitute at our school, and people still don't show up. If that gives you any context of what it looks like to be a teacher at our facility. If you need more insight, there was an email that went out yesterday about roof <laughs> someone addressing the student on the roof. After it was me. I, I literally saw... My, so first of all, my classroom was melty. We were so sweaty and it is not an ideal class that I have during that time. And so like they are grumpy, they are already pretty volatile as is. And so it was hot and you know, especially if you live in Florida, that air is out. It doesn't matter if it's December, it's so freaking hot. And so I was like, yo, I gotta get out of here or else I'm not going to survive this blog class period. Um, and so I'm like calling anyone that will answer their phone. Hello, people answer your phone if there's a crisis. Thank God no one was dying. It was just me sweaty. Um, so I finally get a hold of someone in the front office. And I'm like, can I please go to the cafeteria? And they're like, oh, sure, that would be fine. And I was like, okay, great, I gotta go, gotta go. So I line my kids up, we go out there. I'm trying to teach them about Jefferson Davis. And we were like, just getting after it. And like, we're comparing him and Abraham Lincoln. Things are going fine, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I look over, there is a child like Shamu wailing, like pushing his whole body up by his arms onto the roof. And the janitors are just standing there. And I was like, my dogs, someone bust the front office. And they all look at me and I said, give me the walkie. <laughs> and so I'm busting and said, um, hello, this is Ryan in the cafeteria. Uh, there's a child on the roof. And then someone says, oh yes, we heard that. Oh. This is after the class period before that, we received a lecture about making sure that we're aware of our windows and we're not allowing students to access the windows or throw things out the windows, including themselves. <laughs> And then later in the same day, we had a kid spit in a teacher's face. So really, in case you were curious as to why teachers are real tired, y'all, this is it. Spanking your, your children. Just children. Like I mean, I'm not a big advocate of spanking, but okay, well, to each I don't, I don't judge. But y'all, your kids are on the roof. They're jumping out of second story windows just to be cool. Somewhere there has to be a tribe. I don't, I don't know. And so another procedure that... Um, you actually participated in this year, but I saw some flack on, on TikTok about was before school or after school tutoring by teachers for students that have fallen behind or have not done any work to help them credit recover. And one teacher was like, no, I'm not a villain and I don't not care about your kid because I'm not going to come in early to tutor your child. And she was getting so much hate from like parents and people who are not in the education field. And other teachers are kind of coming to the rescue and stitching her and making commentary about, you know, we're tired. We're, we're, we already take lessons home and we lesson plan ourselves and we're already spending our page, our menial paychecks on making our classrooms enriching and comfortable. And I, I don't know about uh, Alex, but like I every year spend money on, you know, feminine hygiene products and spray deodorant. And I have 
boxes of granola and cereal bars because I, I, we teach in a Title I school and they don't have access to these things all the time. And I don't want a kid to be bullied because they're hungry or because they smell bad because they're hormonal seventh graders and they can't afford deodorant or they're homeless and can't shower as often as they need to. I want them to have access to those things so that they're not distracted from their education so that they can do what they got to do. Yes. And then we get reached, you know, this flack for not wanting to come in outside of our contracted hours to receive no extra pay to tutor your kid. So I, I would like to make a quick caveat to that. I actually did get paid, but I turned it down because I'm a psycho. Um, but I actually really like to tutor. One, because I just do whatever I want and I am effective at it. And I know that I'm effective at it. And so this is like, this was my one opportunity to teach how I want to teach. And that's literally the only thing that got me here. But, like, I needed something that was going to just bring me, like, the joy of teaching or else I was going to leave. And I had one kid, um, Sam taught her, and she showed up sometimes and sometimes not, but we had such a great relationship. We talked about Vampire Diaries, and then that really led us into making some great learning gains because then we were able to talk about screenplays and, like, all the different aspects of a drama and then how it compared to, like, middle school. And I like that, and so like I needed that for me. So it was purely selfish. I should have taken the pay check, but I didn't. That was dumb. But whatever. <laughs> I but I I mean I guess wherever this teacher is based out of, um, they weren't offering that extra bonus pay. Then so I probably would have not done that. These are just I mean these are policy and programs that are being put into place, but they're negating the idea that teachers actually have lives outside of school and that we actually have needs outside of school and we have things that we're supposed to be able to take care of outside of school but we don't have time because we have to grade and we have to make sure that we make sure all of our documentation is in order we have to attend parent teacher conferences outside of contracted hours and IEP meetings and making sure we're prepping documentation and and, and stuff for that we have RTI and we have PBIPs and all of these other acronyms because let me tell you Education loves them some letters. So does the military. We are worse than the military. We are worse than the military. 100% we are worse than the military about how we use letters and just jumble them and throw them places. It's really irritating. We're also guilty of excessive use of technology for no reason, but that's another day. Mm, preach it. Preach it, girl. Another day. And so that's one of my, that's one of my sticking points lately. I feel... I feel like the procedures that are being put into place in a lot of school systems is putting, laying a lot of the blame for learning gains or losses and academic responsibility on the hands and feet of teachers instead of students. When I was in school, if I failed a class, it was my fault, no matter what. Absolutely. That teacher could not have shown up. I actually had a teacher in fourth grade who wrote a letter home to my mother, and I'll never forget this. And my mother never graduated college, and she's a very educated woman as far as like intelligence-wise. She reads a lot. She's actually an editor now um, on the side. She works in an administrative role. She's edited some things for me. Yep, she's a rock star. And so she, this lady sends a, le a letter home because while I am not the most personable child, I was social. I talked a lot because when I'm anxious, I talk a lot, and that's a thing. So I was a chatty Kathy, and this, this teacher wrote a letter home to my mother, and it was full of grammatical and, and language errors, and she was supposed to be my language arts teacher. And so my mother edited it and sent it back. Sorry, that's our bell. And sent it back to her and said, when you can write me a letter that's appropriate and correct, then you can lecture me about how my child behaves in your classroom. But it was still my fault. And I still got reamed for that. Like my, despite the fact that my mother did not tell the teacher that I was in trouble, like I was in trouble for a while <laughs> for being too social in that class and for disrupting. But that's not really what I'm seeing anymore in the 
you know, realm of parental and student responsibility. I don't know about over there in, in your hallway, but. No, it's my fault. Everything is my fault. Didn't you know, Sam? Everything's my fault. We're the worst. Teachers are the worst. So let's talk about the other thing that is actually fun about what we do, particularly once you get out of, like, the elementary school age, and that is school relationships and school crushes. Yes. Yes. So currently, I have these two sixth graders. One sixth grader is in my homeroom, and she, I, I hate when teachers say stuff like this, but this kid, we would be besties. She is, like, the kind of weird, gifted kid that really adores, like, the teacher attention, and she is very invested in my life, and anytime her teachers aren't there, she's always like, Miss Ryan, can I come hang out with you? And I always have to say no, and she's like, but I want to hang out, and I'm like, sorry, dude. But we have such a good relationship, and, like, I am her teacher person. Love her. So anyways, she is with this boy. They go on dates, and she told me about it. She, like, needed advice, and I was like, okay. And then she's like, but I don't want to tell you who it is. And I was like, oh, this is the first red flag, my friend. It is the worst child that I've ever taught in my life. And she's like, I really like him. Like, I might love him. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she's like, the only reason I don't like, like him is because he's really mean to you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. And so every time she's like, Miss Ryan, I really need you to sit me by him. I'm like, dude, that is five zillion percent not happening. One million bazillion kerbillion percent not Hard nose. Hard, Hard nose. Here's a bouquet of red flags that say no in big, bold Comic Sans letters. Oh. So, <laughs> I have been trying so hard to set her, set her by any other cute boy, <laughs> just so she can see that there's more out there. There's more out there than this really sucky kid. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, uh, one of our peers, I my classroom backs right up to another classroom. Who, oh, the teacher in there also teaches my subject, so we work very closely together in our homerooms are pretty interchangeable. The kids kind of meander back and forth. And so I have one gifted girl. She's like very 90s throwback with the long, like full, kind of casually wavy hair. And she likes the weird, like stripy t-shirts and the yeah. mom jeans and, this, and the converse and the Is whatever. she me? She's basically you, yeah. And she's, but she's a black belt in Taekwondo. And <gasps> she is me! She's literally you. <laughs> and she's super smart, but super like, I'm going to do my own thing and People are stupid. And so she had this crush on a boy in the class next door. And the, the teacher next door and I shipped this so hard. He's like this little, he's a super gifted little skater boy with like the little blonde floppy hair. The teacher is or no, the student. kid. The crush. <laughs> yes, the crush is like, and he's like the kid. I, he's, I always tell him he's my bonus kid I never asked for because he's a snarky little boy and he thinks it's funny. I love him to death. He's probably what my child is going to grow up to act like, and it's both comforting and terrifying all in one. But she, like, had this huge crush on this boy, and she's like, I can't tell him. And I was like, what if we just find ways to put you guys in projects together? And this is back before we were changing classes. <gasps> so we had to find way, creative ways to get them to, like, run group errands for us. And can you guys walk this place? And then, so here's the worst part, guys. You're not going to like how The worst is. part? The best part? The worst part. Oh. She fi He finally finds out about her crush. And he's like, ew, I wouldn't like her. That's gross. And her uh, response, he's dumb. And then she moved on. My heart is broken. You just sent me on such an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. And then he dated her friend. 
Welcome to middle school. Boys are so dumb. Not Gabe. Not Gabe. <laughs> Bless Will Gabe. He's so sweet boy. He is so sweet. We also have one today where, again, my homeroom and her homeroom, where it's so, they're in denial. The kids tell me constantly, both of them tell me, oh, we don't like each other. We don't like each other. They literally, the boy is in my room, the girl is in hers. And he, they ride different buses. She's a cheerleader. He plays basketball. Not for the school, but in general. And she's, like, super precious. She's a very sweet girl. Does her schoolwork. Studies well. He's a great kid. He's been through a lot, but he's a great kid. He comes down the hallway every day, and she, like, is standing in between our two classroom doors and goes, Best friend! As she squeals. And, like, her grin is megawatt. Doesn't Like, Julia Roberts has got nothing on the size of the smile of this girl on her face. And then he does this weird, like, kind of semi-blush, like, smirk where he won't show his teeth, but his dimples pop out. As she, like, runs down the hallway and, like, jumps on him and, like, they bound back to class and then they just stand in between our two classes and talk and, like, play push, like, gently, like, she'll pat him and he's, like, goofing and they share lunch things and breakfast items and they do whatever. They're like, but we're not together and we're not dating and we're, we're just friends. Like, that's my best friend. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Like, I have lots of best friends, and never once have I squealed and jumped on them like you just did. But, I mean, to each their own. You tell me. <laughs> Every once in a while, I come in here and cry squeal on you. <laughs> Fair. But I've never done that to one of my male best friends. Right. Same. Ever. Ever. But it's, I don't know, it's so cute, though. They're just in denial. And I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, get them to realize that they do not have a friend relationship, that it is definitely a crush situation. But they're in denial, and they're not cooperating. Oh, these babies. I know. I really just don't know what to do with them. Kids are weird, and I love them. Kids are weird, and I do love them. I really just want them to realize that there is life beyond middle school. I had one girl who come in after on a monday she was like my life is over i was like oh Oh, no i was like okay cool so what happened she goes when i broke up and i was like okay so like what happened she goes that's it we broke up so like i have nothing left to live for i was like wow i was like i am hardcore gonna need you to get a hobby (laughs) read a book literally anything. do anything other than tell me i can't because my heart is broken. I can't. No. I can't. I've never been in that mode ever in my life. So I come across sounding very unsympathetic, and that's because I am. I don't understand the melting of the, uh, I can't. I think every time I've ever broken up with a boyfriend or been broken up with, I am, like, very sad for a day. And, like, like okay, well, this is sucky. And then I'm like, but you know what? I'm hot. I know it. I'm smart. I know it. I'm going to go do something crazy, and then I will be back to normal in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I just, I, most of the time, and I was not even a, I remember I was dating this pilot when I first moved. <laughs> not when you're I, from Pensacola. <laughs> not when I first moved to Pensacola, but when I was here for a little while. Oh. And the worst part was he, he actually lived in my apartment. Complex. Oh, no. So, like, my building is here, and I had to drive past his building every day, and we met because of a mutual friend. It was a fun relationship. It was cool. We had, we there was a little bit of an age gap, but not much. It just you know, different 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 lifestyles, different things we wanted out of life. But he invited me for dinner for a date night, and oh. then was like, "I just don't think this is working out." 
And I was like, okay. this could have been a phone call. <laughs> this could have been an email. <laughs> I was like, this could have been an email. I was like, this, there was literally no reason for us to, like, see face. He goes, well, I just respected you enough to have a face-to-face conversation. I was like, right, but, like. Why? Th- this, uh, we could have had, we could have met at the mailbox instead of this. Like, <laughs> so then I went to the bar that I worked at that night later because that was the plan was we were all going to go up there. For oh, my God, Sam. Karaoke later anyway. Have you seen the absence list today? No. Oh, no. Sorry, podcast people. So, podcast people, uh, on the note of, I know we've talked about my TikTok in the past. Um, part of the thing we've talked about was that I, I made a TikTok about my teacher besties because they were out. Anyways, we told you guys about that earlier in the podcast today. We just received our list for the day of teachers that are going to be out. And there are probably 15 or so names, maybe 20. We're not a giant school either. 40, 14, 15, 16 people out today. 16 people out today, three of them have subs. <laughs> 16 out, three have subs. And so it's hard. It's hard because we're supposed to be educators. We're supposed to be supportive. We're supposed to be a team. But when you have a consistent number of people not present and accounted for, it gets hard. It gets hard to have faith in your peers. And it gets hard to have faith that you're, you know, working together and... I know this is a sidebar from the crushes and relationship stories we were telling. But Sorry, I checked my email while we podcast. <laughs> but, and it's not all COVID before y'all come for us. It's not all COVID. Yeah. It's not. Some of these people are not out because they're quarantined for two weeks. Some of these people are not out because someone in their house is quarantined for two weeks. These are people that are here for a day, go absent for three, and then come back for a day, and then are absent for two more. And it's, it's hard. And, and... You know, maybe you guys can, can email us or comment or, or whatever on one of our social media aspects. Parents are asking us what what's going on and, and, you know, are their kids getting the education they deserve and is this and that. I don't know how to answer that. I can answer what happens in my classroom. I can answer the fact that even if I'm not here, that they have a lesson, they have full, thorough instructions, and it's something that they can work through on their own if they have to, whether or not there's a sub in the building because – I'm a control freak, and I don't believe that anyone can teach my lesson as good as I can, with very few exceptions. So I'm not going to rely on a sub to teach my lesson. I'm going to make sure that if I have to miss a day, that lesson is self-explanatory enough for them to make it through. Let's talk about crushes again. I'm sorry to bring down the mood. Yeah. Tell me about your pilot that broke up. She could have been an email. Oh, yeah. So we, I ended up going to the bar that I worked in, and they're like, hey, where's your boy? And I'm like, oh, we broke up. I was not upset, y'all. I need to explain this to you. I was not upset, but apparently it's a, it's a common theme for women to be upset after breakups, so they started serving me double, double drinks oh, all no. night instead oh, of no. my singles, and oh, no. it became a very eventful evening, and that's the day that I made up my own lyrics to a country song. Um, that's so special. I'm trying to think of the name of the song, too. The one, like, the, one, the Hey Bartender song? I don't know. I think I think it's something about boots in it, and I instead decided to say that they were patent leather shoes. Um, <laughs> I don't think that those are the lyrics, but they will forever. A friend of mine was there with me that night, and she is also a teacher now. Um, and she will ask me to sing this song on a regular basis if we go to karaoke, and she will say, "You have to sing it our way." So there's that. That's very sweet. Can't think of any other. Lady A's <clears throat> bartender. Oh, that's the song. Interesting. I didn't know that existed. Oh, I do know this song. Yeah. You're a goober. Pat leather shoes. 
Yeah. Sky instead of sky high leather boots, it was patent leather shoes in my head. That's how that worked out. I um, that. So it was a thing. Teachers have lives outside of schools too. What do you That's mean? a thing. I didn't know that. It's a thing. That's so again, today's just a lot of bouncing back and forth, but if we're talking about policies and procedures, the expectation that teachers are not human beings outside of school, that we don't have lives, that we're not allowed to wear bathing suits or crop tops or go out to bars, baffles me. That we have to live this nunly lifestyle just because we teach. Now, that doesn't go for male teachers. You're right. It sure doesn't. Interesting how that functions that way. Hmm. Also, interesting how male teachers can do almost anything that they want because they're dudes. Except. Mm, like wear sweatpants to work. <sighs> mm. Not even fancy sweatpants, guys. We're talking. I don't want to see your gray sweatpants. Keep them at home. Save that for TikTok. Keep them at home. We don't want them. Same for your girl. Wait, you don't have a girl. Sorry. Oh. Ooh, burn. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Sorry, I feel about that. I feel like we just entered a bad 90s club. Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> We're like a cheerleading remix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. What's next, Sam? What's next? What are we talking about next? <laughs> We've actually, that was it. That was all that was on our agenda for this episode. Wait, wait, wait. I would like to do a new thing. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready? I just thought about this about four seconds ago. What was the highlight of your week? The highlight of my week? Yeah, sorry to spring that on you. Hmm. It cannot be something silly like today is Friday. Okay. Highlight of my week. So yesterday in, well, I have two. Okay. One was in a staff meeting where I laughed so hard I almost peed myself and I had to turn my camera off because it would have been offensive to everyone else in the, in the space. And I'll come back to that. But the other one is I have, again, all of the deaf, hard of hearing students in my mm -hmm. roster and the other teacher has all of the ESOL students. Because we had interpreters, so many interpreters out yesterday, I had all four of my DHOH kids in one classroom. And they usually don't interact. And I have one who, his birthday was yesterday, yay, shout out. but. He had snuck up on one of his other DHOH friends who was laying with her head down on her forearm, scrolling through her phone, oh, yeah. not paying attention. And obviously these kids are profoundly deaf. The boy, not as much. He has a hearing aid. He's near kind of some so of it. And he survives a lot on lip reading. She's profoundly deaf. Her cochlear doesn't actually register and work most of the time. It pops in and out periodically. That's so frustrating. So she just leaves it disconnected most of the time. So she was in her own little world just scrolling on her on her phone, and he comes up and slams his hands on the desk beside her head because he knows he can't. she can't hear it, but she'll yeah. feel it. When I tell you this girl jumped out of her skin, and there he is, just giggle cackling in the corner, like he thinks. And their other DHOH friend filmed it. I got to watch the entire thing on film twice. <laughs> it was so good, so good. And then the other one we were talking about, we mentioned to you guys that there was the kid on the roof and the not playing with windows. But there had been an issue on campus. Middle schoolers love to play fight. I don't know what it is. They can't keep their hands to themselves. It's really irritating. So we've been talking about it being excessive on our campus, and there was an email chain that got shut down by admin. It was my email chain. I'm just trying to listen. If I'm going to send my child to school, you best believe if she gets hit or he gets hit, I will bring my happy little tail up to school, and I will let you know that this is negligence. Yes. Thank you. So there was an email chain that got shut down. They told us that that, that was not the place to air our grievances, that the place to air our grievances was in the staff meeting. So we go through the staff meeting, and no one has mentioned this email chain. No one has mentioned the issue. And I normally am the one to jump on being the controversial one, but today that I was just not feeling it. I was just wanting to get done with this meeting. 
We have a very sweet, very mousy human who is a very kind first year teacher. And she typed into the little Zoom chat. She's a gentle just, soul. She is a gentle soul. Very quiet, very soft-spoken. She types into the thing, can we just discuss the violence on campus issue? And when I tell you, I snorted when I saw it pop across the thing. And I start finger snapping into the camera. I'm muted, obviously, because you guys know that I can't control my mouth. But I'm sitting in a room with two other teachers in this meeting, and the one to my left has to get up from her chair, away from the computer. She's bent over in half in her closet, <laughs> wheeze laughing, like that dog from the old 90s Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Oh. <laughs> And all I hear is these wheezes, and she looks like she's going to piss herself. So now I'm laughing because she's laughing, and I have to turn my camera off. The only other teacher in the room is trying so hard to maintain a professional face that I thought she was going to die in the process, and that's a highlight. I love those moments. I love the moments where the teachers are just like, this is such a joke. I don't even know what's happening anymore. So what was your highlight other than catching the kid on the roof? <laughs> That was not even real. That was absolutely not even real. Um, my highlight was way more academic. This student is in one of a, a very rough class, um, and she just like came through with a slew of connections, and I was just like, okay, yeah. And she's like, and then this, and then this, and isn't it funny that this happened? And I was like, yeah, it is funny. Okay. And she's like, and now this and this, and if we didn't have the Emancipation Proclamation, then blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, you go. Minutes and I was like, my dude, what? Where have you been? Because this is what we want to hear. And it was just, it was very uplifting after we've had some very hard days. It reminded you that it was good in the world. There is good in the world. Yeah. There is good in the world. Sometimes we have those moments. It was nice. Well, that is all we have for you this week. Go forth and prosper and follow Catch us on in all flip. the places. And, uh, don't flip desks or anything. And above all else, don't, don't make, make us use our teacher, teacher voice. voice.